Good morning, everybody. If you have your Bibles, if you turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And I just want to confess that I am so happy to be able to preach from this text and not have to bury anyone this morning because this is commonly a, a funeral text. But I, I think it's more than just the funerals. Amen. I think heaven ought to be something that keeps us going each and every day. You know, one writer put it so well, for the believer, heaven's not just a destination. Heaven is a motivation for the way we live and for what we love and just how we walk day by day. So let's let's listen to these words of Jesus and let's um, take them deep within our hearts and let the Lord really speak to us today. Bible says, John 14, beginning with verse number 1. And Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. He's saying, stop letting your hearts be troubled. It was already happening. He says, trust in God. Trust also in me. Stop trouble. Start trusting. Verse 2 says, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you. He's preparing a place for you. Isn't that good? Not just for grandma. He's preparing it for you. I think Jesus is probably the best interior decorator there ever was. Amen? He's preparing it for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Now, you know the way to the place where I'm going. And thank God for doubting Thomas. This we probably wondering the same question ourselves. But Thomas speaks up, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus answered, Thomas, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's use as a title this morning, Calming Words for Troubled Hearts. Calming Words for Troubled Hearts. You see, the disciples of the Lord in the context here in John's Gospel were in a troubling situation. And it's no wonder when we look into it, they just found out that Jesus was going to leave them. That didn't make any sense. He's supposed to usher in a kingdom. They're everything they're banking on. They left everything for Him. And now He says, I'm leaving. You can't come. So you can imagine... That, that, that was messing with them. That was troubling them. On top of it, same, same, right before this, they find out that one of them is going to betray him. And Peter, the big shot with the big mouth and the rock, he's going to deny him. I mean, what a, I'd be troubled too, amen? I'd begin to say, Lord, there's something not right about this. I figured it was going to work like this. And all of a sudden, you're telling me you're leaving. One of us is going to bail on you. And Peter, the one we're looking to as your right hand man, he's going to deny you. Sensing their unrest, Jesus gives them words of assurance. That's what this portion of Scripture is. The disciples had a feeling that their world was falling apart after hearing that. And like when there's um, an emergency situation, maybe people are beginning to grow restless or beginning to panic. Typically someone that's in leadership will stand up and say, well, would everybody please just stay calm? This is what Jesus is saying to them and to us. This is in effect what the Lord was saying to His disciples. And though our troubles might be different from theirs, we still face 
on this side of eternity. Challenges and battles. Situations that don't make sense. That attempt to dishearten us. Discourage our faith. Discredit our testimony. And so to us, the words and the assurances, Jesus' antidote for a troubled heart still apply. And may we have an ear to hear as we just walk through these verses and let Jesus speak to us that we would have calming words for troubled hearts. Now, our outline is going to be a simple one. We're just going to work verse by verse, nothing too fancy. Number one, the Lord wants us to believe, number one, in a person. He wants us to believe in a person. Secondly, He wants us to believe... I got that next... There we go. He wants us to believe, number two, in a place. Number three, He wants us to believe in a promise. Number four, He wants us to believe in a plan. Jesus is calling to the disciples. He's calling to you and I. He asks us to believe or trust in a person. That's Jesus. Then believe and trust in a place. Heaven's a real place. And I plan on going. How about you? He asks us to believe in a promise. What's that? He's coming back. He's going to get us. And He's going to take us with us for Him forever. And then lastly, believe in a plan. Believe in a plan. Remember this. Jesus is the plan. He says, I am the way. Amen. He is the plan. So let's look at this. Number one, Jesus asked us to believe or trust in a person. That's verse one. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. He just told them he's going to be taken away. They're thinking of the cross. They're thinking about denial and all these negative things. And it seems like the world is coming apart. But Jesus says, listen, I see you're troubled. I see you're frustrated. You're letting fear get in there. Doubt a bit. Do not let your hearts be troubled. What's the, on the, the combat? Trust in God. Trust also in me. The first thing Jesus asked of his disciples was that they believe in him. He's calling them to trust in the one who has proven himself to be completely trustworthy. When I don't understand him, I can trust him. When I can't figure out why he let this happen or why he didn't do X, Y, Z, I can still trust him even when he confuses me, even when life harms me. I can trust in him. Jesus asked us to believe in him. After all, words mean nothing unless they come from a trustworthy person. And Jesus had been three years with these men, convincing his disciples that his claims were true and that his promises could be believed. And their faith was about to be radically shaken by the crucifixion. And Jesus knew this. He knew what was coming. Thus he tells them ahead of time, trust in me. Trust in me. That's the antidote. He's saying, man, you're about to go through a rough patch in this walk of faith, but trust in me. Heaven's going to seem very silent for a season, but I'm asking you just trust in me. Things aren't going to make sense for a bit. It's going to get cloudy. It's going to get confusing. But as for you, just trust in me. Believe the words that I have spoken. Believe what I am about to say and trust in me. For you and I in the present, in the same way, we know that all of Jesus' words have been trustworthy for 2,000 years. His words of His resurrection. His words of provision, protection. His words of heaven. His words of eternal life. His words of constant care. They can be trusted as well in our lives. And here Jesus reminds them and us that He is trustworthy. I want you to know this morning that Jesus won't fail you. 
I'm getting off script, but somebody, others might walk out on you, but Jesus won't fail you. Others might say this and they go back on the Word, but the Lord, you can trust the Savior. You can look to and lean on, and He won't fail you, and He won't forsake you. If all around you is shaking sand, inconsistency, falsehood, Jesus Christ alone will be the solid rock which you can put your hope and your trust and cast your every care. He is trustworthy. And Jesus knew that His crucifixion, He knew that it would cause them to temporarily doubt, to question His words. But until the resurrection, Jesus needed the disciples to keep their faith alive and believe in Him, regardless of what happens. He's saying in such trying times when our faith is tried, And things shake us to the core in that hour. Don't let go, as the author of Hebrews says. Um, Don't throw away your confidence. Hold on and cling to. And don't let go of Jesus. And don't let go of His Word and His truth to you. Verse 1, he says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. I sense you're being troubled and that, that report, is, it can be frightening if you stare at it. And if you keep listening to the naysayers, it can uproot the confidence that you have and try to attack that peace. And don't let your... He's saying, stop being troubled. Set your heart at ease. Calm, please. You've trusted. He says, you have trusted in Me. You have followed Me. You have put your faith in Me. Now continue to do so even when the time gets hard. Continue to do so even when you got it through the tears and the ache and the pain. You have trusted and believed in Me. Now I call you to keep on believing regardless. Keep on trusting. Keep on expecting in Me the totally trustworthy One. The first reason why the disciples were not to be troubled was that they knew Jesus Christ personally, experientially, and they knew Jesus above all others. He could be trusted. They had every reason to trust Him, and so do we. In fact, we have even more. Hasn't He proven Himself trustworthy to us? How He saved us and He's transformed our lives. I don't doubt salvation. I'm a living witness that it's real. It's real. This thing is real. I know where He found me and I know what He's done in me. It's real. It's real. His words can be trusted. He sustained me through it all. He hasn't failed me. He hasn't forsaken me. I flopped a time or two, but He's remained faithful. Oh, His words can be trusted. He saved me and He sustained me. And praise God, He still abides. In me. And Jesus says to us this morning, trust me, that battle will pass, you will triumph, and I will never fail you. Again, they knew Jesus and they had every reason to trust Him, and so do we. Even more than they, for they stood at the far side of the resurrection. They didn't know what we know. They didn't know as we do that the cross, it wasn't a tragedy, it was a victory. The cross, it wasn't the enemy's triumph, it was the triumph of heaven's Lamb for you and for me. They didn't know as we do 
that the cross was our salvation and that the resurrection is our forever assurance that God is who He says He is. And Jesus is exactly the one He claimed to be. Jesus knew what He was doing then and He knows what He's doing now. Bless His holy name. I want to say that again. Jesus knew what He was doing then, and somebody, He knows what He's doing now. You might not understand it. You might not even like it. But God is good, and God is faithful, and God is in control. If you can't figure Him, you can still trust Him. If you can't see what He's doing, you can still trust the fact that He's good, He's faithful, and His mercies endureth forever. Can you say amen? Jesus knew what He was doing then, and I thank God He knows what He's doing now. How many times? Through the darkness of the night, not knowing what the morrow will bring. But Lord, You know. Confused and frustrated. Guarding the heart from fear and anger and all the above. But Lord, can't trust man they've bailed. Can't trust man they've lied. But Lord, one thing I know, You're good and You're faithful and I'm Yours and You're going to work things for the good. And as He could be trusted then, so we must trust Him now. His Word to us in times of trouble. Is your heart troubled this morning? Trust in Jesus, the living Christ. His words are sure. His power is supreme. And His salvation is certain you can stand on it. You might be facing an uncertain tomorrow. You might be facing a frightening future, but Jesus says, trust in me. I am the one that you can depend on. And I am the one that will stay committed to your care. Trust in God. Trust also in me. It's a call not for just a one-time faith, but for continuing trust, even when you're in the midst of the trouble. Trusting God will carry you through. Deliverance from a troubled heart comes by trusting in the person, in the person, in the reality, the living Christ of Calvary. It's not just so much believing in a religion or believing in a religious code or philosophy, but it's not a doctrine, but it's a person. And His name is Jesus. Let's John 1 and verse 12. Let's look at this together. John 1 and verse 12. Yet to all who receive Him, not to who joined a church, not to who agreed to a certain doctrinal teaching, yet to all who embraced, who gave themselves to Him, to Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. To those people, they believed in His name. He gave them the right to become children of God. Jesus asked us, number one, to believe in a person. Number two, He asked us to believe in a place. Believe in a place. Again, the disciples feel like their world is falling apart. They thought everything was working out good. Jesus had done miracles. He'd confounded his enemies. He's multiplying loaves. He's raising the dead. I mean, they got to hide them from the crowds. The crowds are so great. And now he says, I'm leaving. You can't come. In fact, one of you going to deny me. And Peter, you talk so big, you're going to crumble. And all of a sudden they're saying, what is going on here? And he senses it. He senses at times when we're agitated and frustrated. When we're letting fear get the best of us. We're beginning to waver and we're beginning to get worn down. And he wants to speak his words to troubled hearts this morning. 
And he says, number one, step number one, before you run to a five-program steps or before you call, man, trust in me. Put confidence in me. I will never bail on you. And I will always walk you through. But number two, he wants us not just to believe in a person, but believe in a place. Look at verse 2 with me. He says, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I am going there to prepare a place for you. I like that. He's preparing a place for me. He knows what colors I like. Amen? Oh, he knows what... Oh, my, my. Think about that. Think about that. If we've settled the first thing Jesus asked, that we believe and trust in a person, then it's easy to believe in what he says and what he promises. That there is a place to which he is going, from which he shall return, to which he will take us back with him. A place called heaven. Troubled hearts are calmed by the hope in the assurance of going to the Father's house. Heaven's a beautiful thing. Heaven's a real thing. You know, there's many ways to think about heaven based on the Bible. Based on the Bible. A vast, expansive place, a city, a kingdom, a paradise. But the most warming, the most comforting description to me is found right here in our text. The Father's house. The Father's house. I don't know how you grew up, but if you didn't grow up in a loving, godly, warm house, then let me help you out this morning. I want you just to imagine the warmest, most welcoming, most affirming, most pure and peaceful place there could ever be. And Jesus will be there. And the redeemed will be there. And you've got a place specifically for you forever and forever and forever. The Father's house. That sounds pretty good. Can you say amen? <laughs> See, according to Jesus, according to Jesus, heaven is a real place. It's not a product of religious imagination or some kind of result in pie-in-the-sky escapism. Heaven is the place where God dwells. And where Jesus sits today at the right hand of the Father. Again, heaven is described as a kingdom, as an inheritance, as a country, as a city, as a home. As a home. In fact, the word Father is used 53 times in John chapter 13 through 17. Five chapters, 53 times the word Father, the word Father. Heaven is my Father's house according to the Son of God. Heaven is home for God's children. Dr. Boyce writes about visiting one of his shut-ins that was soon to go on with the Lord. And he says one of these dear ladies had been confined to one of those, um, back then they call them incurable place, home for the incurables. Because she had a crippling arthritis and she's in constant pain for years and years. and Just wasted, just wasted away. But she never complained, never talked about her battles unless somebody asked her and finally as the condition got worse and worse and she was near death he goes i i visited her and i just sat with her and said um ida do you still love jesus and she looked at me her eyes glowed through the suffering and she replied oh pastor yes oh yes i do and i so long to be with him i'm so anxious for him to take me home you see the death of a christian 
It's not like the death of an unbeliever. For the Christian knows where he or she is going. He is sure of his or her heavenly home. Oh, the warmth and the welcome. The love and the acceptance, the rest, the ease, the sense of being secure and being wanted and belonging. Oh, the Father's house is such a beautiful, inviting description of heaven. And that's where I'm going. How about you? Make sure you know where you're going. Make sure you know. I've got to pause here. And I know you believers won't mind, but someone here might have crept in this morning and not sure where they're going. So just give me a minute or two to address them. Billy Graham tells a story about the late, great um, professor Albert Einstein. And one time Einstein was on a train. He's going to an engagement out of town. And the conductor stopped by to punch his ticket back in the days. You know, they punched your ticket. And the great scientist, so preoccupied with his work, um, with great embarrassment, he kind of rummaged through his coat pockets, his briefcase, no avail, couldn't find his ticket. Finally, the conductor says, well, Dr. Einstein, we all know who you are. I'm sure you bought a ticket. Don't worry, everything will be fine. And the conductor went on down, punching tickets in the aisle. And before he went to the next car, he looks back, and he sees Dr. Einstein down on all fours, looking under the seat and trying to find the ticket. So he walks back and says, sir, please, you don't have to. Don't worry about it. I know who you are. And Einstein looked at him and said, Sir, I too know who I am. What I don't know is where I'm going. (laughs) If you're here today and you're not 200% sure that you're going to heaven when you breathe your last breath, before you walk out this door, I want you to come down right here and Pastor Todd will lead you to Jesus and you'll know that you'll know that you know where you're going. Come on, say amen. Listen, this is not something you want to put a baby on. You want to have an assurance. You want to know that you know that your heart is right with God and you've given Christ your all. Because if you don't know where you're going, you're in a dangerous place. And all the lying preachers that do your funeral won't be able to get you in by saying a few kind words. If you're not right when you breathe that last... Come on, say amen. amen. i got to get back to my sermon. It's too easy to go down that road, brother. Let me get back to the saints. Any saints in the house this morning? I want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. I want to get out of this corruption. I'm sick of this corruption. I'm sick of the perversion and the violence. and the, I'm tired. I want to get out of this mess. I wasn't made for this mess. Amen? i got something in me that longs for purity and peace and joy and holiness and righteousness. All right, I'm tired of abuse and abandonment, people being beaten and people being forsaken. This world's corrupt. It's fallen. Jesus called it a wicked generation. That's His words, not mine. I want to get out of this corrupt age. I want to see my Christ Jesus face to face. And I've got some family and loved ones I've been waiting on. I've been longing to see. I look forward to that. i got some babies up there. I want to see my babies. Oh, I see my grandmother, godly woman, prophesying. She sit on that organ and prophesy. I look forward to that. You want to see your unsaved loved ones, you may make sure you're saved and living it. You don't get in because of grandma's faith. Oh, Lord, do I go again. I, but this is so serious. Not more serious than heaven or hell. They're not more serious. And just because you, got, you come to the altar one time, you, if you're not living it, you're not living it. You're not going. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Let me get back to my notes. It's not in the notes, but I can't. It's like, oh, Brother Brown, that dear missionary. He starts talking about eternity. You can't stop him. 
But that thing grips you, the reality of it grips you. Amen? You can go down to the bookstore and get a self-help book on how to balance your budget and X, Y, Z. But when it comes to your soul, that's it, that's it, that's it. Get back, get back. I'm going back. I'm here. I believe in that place. Anybody believe in that place? Mm, I believe in a place where the roses never fade. You'll never hear that name used in vain again. There'll never be another dirty joke. There'll never be a, a, an abuse and a, ban, a violent, all gone. Oh, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. You see, heaven is not the invention of man, but a literal place prepared for literal people inhabited at present by literal Jesus who is there making it ready for you and making it ready for me. And we can endure this journey when we know the road is leading to home. We can get back up when we've been knocked down because we know the road is leading to home. We can endure the nights of sorrow. We can press through the opposition and the times of disappointment and despair. But we know the road's leading home. It won't always be like this. There's a better place awaiting. And Jesus is going to bring us there. And it's going to be glorious. And it's going to be permanent. Blessed be His name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Since heaven is the Father's house, then it just makes sense that obviously it is a place of love and joy and peace and purity. In fact, when the Apostle John tried to describe heaven, Revelation 21 and 22, he he almost ran out of symbols and comparisons. Finally, he listed the things that would not be there. He said there won't be any more death. Hallelujah. There won't be any more sorrow. No more crying. No more pain. There'll be no more night. There'll be no more, nothing vile or unclean or immoral. Oh, what a wonderful home. It'll be there and we shall enjoy it forever and forever. Amen. And see, verse 2 says that there's room for you. In my Father's house, many mansions, many mansions. Whosoever will, you can go. There's room for you. You can come. Amen? And and it says, look at that verse. I love that. In my Father's house, many room. Many, 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 many. There's room for you. Make sure you come. There's room for you. Come on. He's not willing that any perish. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. This world's not worth it. That extra dollar's not worth it. That crazy relationship, that illicit sex, it's not worth it. Come to Jesus. That drink isn't worth it. That lie isn't worth it. That deception isn't worth it. Come to the Lord. Woo! I've tasted. I've seen. He's good. He's good. He's good. And this is just a little, 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 little hors d'oeuvre. My, my. It's coming. It's coming. In my father, many rooms, if we're not so, I would have told you. Hey, look, I am going there. And one, one of the commentators did something interesting in this last part of the, this last line, last part of verse 2. He says, let's take the stress from prepare to you. I go to prepare a place for you. And then this brilliant theologian, I mean, he's got degrees, Harvard. I mean, he's got more, theology, he's got more degrees than i got letters. I mean, he's got everything. And he begins to say, think about that now. He put it like this. This room, this room that we're talking about, that's for you, 
altered for the individual. He says, you know, like when you prepare a room, you know you're going to have a boy. Amen? Get that blue on the wall. Get the race, the little racing cars. How you're going to decorate it. Amen? You're going to decorate a boy. When it's a little girl, we got in the tank. You get those little dolls, and it's going to... For you, for God, for you. When grandma, maybe she's going to come spend the summer, you maybe fix that room. She, she likes a little lace, and she likes her knitting thing. She likes to read. We'll get a nice lamp for her. And get those for you. Jesus, I don't know, Jesus don't do this, you know, one size fit all thing. He's preparing a room for you. Just for you. Oh, you're not going to say, man, I want the chair closer. I don't like it back here, but she likes it back here. I, I got to see better. I want it closer. I, you know, I, I'm crazy, but I want this color. No, just, I'm telling you, this is awesome. Heaven's real. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> Calming words. Big, big. You're going to get, you'll get it, honey. Make sure you get in. You'll be plenty of room. Hallelujah. Calming words. Calming words for troubled hearts. Jesus said, number one, I want you to believe and trust in a person. Believe in me. I've never failed you, and you can trust in me. The road from here to there, it might go through some trials and challenges. And things you put confidence in might show themselves not worthy of confidence. And things you thought would be, you might want, that's not how it's going to be. But me, you can trust. So lean on me and trust in me. You just keep believing in me. But second, I want you to believe in a place. Because it won't always be like this. I'm preparing a place for you. For those that believe in me. And this place, you'll never want to leave. Hallelujah. Jesus asks us, number three, I want you to believe and trust in a promise. What a promise. Look at verse three. I will go, I will prepare, and I will return. Oh, man. And if I go and prepare a place for you, here it is, I will come back. As sure as I go, you can take it to the bank. I'm coming back. I will come back and take you. I'm going to take you. Be with me. That you also may be where I am. Wow. Verse 3 begins with the words, and if I go, if I go. A remedy for a troubled heart. Trusting in Jesus. He's alive and he's wonderful and he's trustworthy. Having a real hope in the Father's house. It's a literal place being prepared for you. And from understanding and believing in Jesus' finished work. Verse 3 says, And if I go... Where'd He go? First He went to that cross. For that's why He came. He went to a cross and shed His blood and took upon Himself my judgment, my punishment, and my shame. He went to a cross where He could properly purchase our forgiveness, our salvation on Calvary. The moment He was born, He had an appointment. Oh, where are you going, Lord? I've got to go to the cross, for that's why I came. I go to the cross, because if I don't go to the cross, then you're going to have to pay for every sin you ever committed. And I love you too much for that. I'm going to pay for the sin, because I am only worthy to do that, not you. Aren't you glad you don't got to pay for your sins? Aren't you glad that when you stand before God, He's not going to say, What are you going to do? I saw what you did. But instead, we can just plead the blood. 
Plead the blood. Plead the blood. In Christ alone. Take my stand. I plead the blood. Where are you going, Jesus? I'm going to the cross. Where are you going, Lord? I'm going to the grave. They buried him for three days. He was conquering death, disarming principalities and powers. He was defeating hell and its hordes. He was making a public spectacle of the forces of hell. And then he rose on that third day. Where are you going, Jesus? I'm going to the cross. I'm going to the grave. I've got to deal with Lucifer. I've got to deal with hell. I've got to kick the end out of the tomb. I've got to open the life gates that all may go in. And then I'm ascending up to heaven. Where I am seated at the right hand of the Father. Exalted above all rule and authority and every name that can be named. And while I'm there, I'm going to be preparing a place for you. <laughs> and if I go, and he went, to prepare a place for you, I will come back. It's certain He's coming back. And when He comes, He says, I'm going to take you with me. Jesus is coming back. There's coming a day when Jesus Christ shall return. And He's going to separate the saints from the sinner, the wheat from the tare, the lover of righteousness from the lover of wickedness. He's going to rescue us and give us a new body and give us a new dwelling and give us a crown of right. Oh, what a day that will be. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah, Mama. Amen. Antidote for troubled heart. Knowing Jesus is coming again and it won't always be like this. This is a clear promise of our Lord's return. While some will go to heaven through the valley of the shadow of death, that's one way to get there, others who are alive when Jesus returns will never taste death, will be caught up with the Lord. Jesus here in verse 3, John 14, talking about that rapture. That's He's talking about coming and receiving His own. He says, that ought to encourage your faith. That ought to help you overcome the times when trials want to trouble your heart and weigh you down and bring you to fear and disappointment and frustration. The truth that I'm returning. The truth that I know those that are mine and my eye is always upon them. And when the Father says the time is right, I'm going to return and I'm going to rescue them and I'm going to rapture them and I'm going to receive them and they'll rule and they'll reign with me forever and forever. The Apostle Paul ran with this a little bit. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 through 18. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 through 18, Paul says, For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and then the dead in Christ. Better look out across the street. It's going to get crazy. Then the dead in Christ will rise first. Oh my God, my God. And then verse 17, And then those who are alive, if you're still breathing at that time, you're still alive, you're going to be caught up. That's rapture. You want, where's the word rapture in the Bible? There it is. Caught up. That's the Latin word. Raptizo. Rap up. Caught up together with them. Amen. In the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air. And thus, we shall always, always be with our Lord. 
And now Paul, just like Jesus, look at that next verse. Paul says, this ought to encourage you. Therefore, comfort, or, or NIV, encourage one another with these words. I, I'm not just going to encourage you to hang on. I'm going to encourage you to live right. I'm not going to encourage you that someday you're going to make it. I'm going to encourage you that right now you got to get with it. Come on, say amen. Jesus Christ is coming back, so you don't got to be afraid, and you don't have to be deceived. You don't have to think that the things of this world are worth losing your soul. They're not. You don't have to worry about the things and deceptions of this world and this, this um, crazy generation. Don't believe the lies. Stay true to Jesus. Stay on that narrow way. Keep walking in purity. Keep walking in holiness. Let the world know, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to love the Lord. And we're going to live on a shame for the Lord. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Encourage one another with these words. Jesus is coming again. So be ready. Live ready. Get ready. Hallelujah. We started this message by asking what is a Christian to do when the world, he or she knows, seems to be falling in or they're in a great trial or their hearts are troubled. And our verse 1 tells us, let not your hearts be troubled. Stop. Resist. Reject. But instead, choose. To trust in Jesus Christ. And in the place that He has He is preparing, that He will take us to, and to the promise that He will come back and bring us there with Him. We face the troubled times of life. We, we take the truths of God and we exercise our memory. To think about those great truths. To meditate on those great truths. To encourage ourselves in the Lord. Reminding us um, of the words of Christ. That the person of Jesus is forever faithful. So whatever you face, just keep holding on to Christ. Keep leaning on Christ. You might not be able to see six inches in front of you. Well, you can cling to the Savior who will never leave you nor forsake you and trust in that place. For this world is not our home and this world is not going to win. Jesus has won and Jesus will continue to triumph and we're with Him. And He'll take us to that place. And He says, he says no, believe, believe, believe in the plan. Believe in the plan. The plan is Jesus. Listen, don't be derailed. Don't be derailed. Don't be separated. Don't leave the narrow way. Don't drift. Don't be deceived. Because heaven is a real place. Heaven is a beautiful, peaceful, loving place. But listen, don't forget this. Heaven's an exclusive place. You know not everybody gets to go to heaven? That might shock say, No, you don't. You want to come to Jesus, you can go to hell all by yourself. Nothing nice saying that, but that's the Bible. We do preach the Bible here, don't we? It is not just by saying a little prayer. It's by living for Him. 
staying true to Him. Heaven is a real place, a loving place, an exclusive place. Only those that have trusted Christ. And that's the plan. Jesus, believe in a plan. Look, look, look at these verses. Look at verse 4 with me. He says, you know the place to where I'm going. And Thomas says, Lord, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. You know, we believe that. Thomas, he, he, you know, he wound up good, but he struggled there, didn't he? And Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? How can we know the plan, Lord? How can we get to this? How's this all going to work out? I don't know this. I don't understand that. Someone at work said this, and it got me confused. How do I know? How can I get there? How can I know? Jesus said, trust the plan. What's the plan? I am the plan. He says, I am the way. I'm not... I'm not here to tell you the way. I am the way. I'm not here just to point to the way. I'm not here just being a way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Me. But if you'll come to Me and you'll follow Me and you'll cling to Me, I'll bring you there. You see, we don't have to know every detail. We just need to know and follow and stay committed to Jesus. And as long as you're sincerely following Him, holding on to Him, you'll make it in. He assures us of that. You see, Jesus is the way. That's how we receive salvation. We read that earlier in John 1 and 12. But that's also the way that we keep and are assured of our salvation. We lay hold of Christ. We follow Christ. We don't just say a religious jantra, a little religious formula prayer, and then go, we follow Christ. We follow Christ. John 10, verses 26 through 28. We follow. This is the plan. What's the plan, Lord? What are the assurance that I have, Lord? That it's all going to work out. That I'm not going to mess. Follow me. Just follow me. Follow me. But you do not believe as you are not my sheep. There's some that don't believe. But there's some that there's some that are not his sheep, some that are. How can we tell the difference? My sheep. There's some that they, 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 they might say they're a sheep, but they don't believe and they're not. But his sheep not only listen, they follow me. I want you to see that. What does a sheep do? How can you tell a real sheep from an imposter? Yeah, not just some little thing I recite. By the what? By the fruit, you're going to know them. Amen? What's the fruit? They're following Him. They're following. I, I, I say to prayer, 13, 15, 25 years ago in VBS, been living like a devil. No, no, that's not how it works. Am I right? Come on, come on. You know, I mean, some parts of the country, you know, they, they, they tell you at six years old, say a little prayer, then they live like hell for the next 40, and they, they think, no, 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 they've been deceived. The sheep, they follow me. And now, but listen, if you're listening to the voice and you're following Him, here's the assurance that you have. And I give them eternal life. Who? The ones that are following Him. And look, I talk about assurance. And they shall never perish. And no one can snatch them out of my... Ooh, hallelujah, glory to God. Woo! 
I don't have to know every answer. I don't have to be all the time perfect. I just got to make sure I'm sincerely following Jesus personally, closely, consistently. If I follow Him, He says, I'll hold you, I'll keep you, and I'll assure you, you're going to make it. But He's the plan. You know, it's like, I don't know, you ever, you ever get lost in a big city, you got to ask for directions. Hey, how do I get to go up that street, take a left, cross the bridge? When you see that big light there, and by the time you know you got to the second, you're lost. Amen? But if he says, listen, I'm going that way anyway. Follow me. Just follow me. I don't need to know, I don't need to know what street to turn down. I don't need to know what happens if that road's out. I was going to follow him. And I'm, you ever go to a big city and you have to follow someone? Brother, I'm going to be on your tail. I'm not going to let you out. I'm going to cut people off. I'm going to have to run that light. But I'm, I'm going to stay close to him. Because if I, if I lose track of him, I'm in the middle of this place. And oh, Lord, have mercy. I don't know if i got that much faith. I've been through some of those cities. My Lord. I'm going to stay close to you. But as long as I stay close to you, I don't worry about knowing all the answers. But, 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 but what if the bridge is out over? What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm just going to follow him. He becomes the way. Jesus said, you just follow me. You just, you just stay close to me. You don't have to. You'll see things. Oh, Lord. Don't worry about that bridge out. Don't worry about that. You thought that was the, you thought. No, 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 no. Just cling to me. Just follow me. He said, if you'll follow me, I will hold you. And I will keep you. And I will lead you. Wow. Hallelujah. Oh, isn't it good to be a Christian? Amen. Isn't it good to be saved? Isn't it good to be saved? Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Don't let anything distance you or distract you from following wholeheartedly, closely, consistently, Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? I look forward to heaven. While we're here, we've got a work to do. While we're here, the truth of heaven motivates me to live for Jesus. Not only just to stay clean, but to stay productive. Because I want other people to get to heaven too. Amen? I want other people to get to know this wonderful Savior that I know. So these are calming words for a troubled heart. Because sometimes we can allow the temporal things to crush us. And the Lord tries to calm us and assure us of the eternal truths and blessings that belong to us as we walk with Him. Jesus' antidote for a troubled heart. Trust in a person. You can trust in Jesus. You know, even your dearest friends that love you, they, they might fail you. They're just human. They might mean well, but they can't always come through. We're, we're limited. We're human beings. But the Lord won't fail you. Trust Jesus. And, and believe, believe, believe in that place. Let it motivate the way you live. Let it inspire how you live on this earth because you believe you are going to such a place and you're not going to miss it for anything. Believe in the promises of the Lord and believe in the plan of God. He didn't make it complicated. He didn't say you've got to get a degree in Greek. You've you got to learn 500 scriptures. He said, listen, you come to me and believe in me and now you follow me. You live for me. Stay close to me and I'll make sure I take care of everything else. So number one, as we come to the altar, make sure you're going. Make sure you are presently believing and trusting and following Jesus. 
Don't lean on something you had you know, years ago. Make sure now it's right between you and your Savior. You're following Him and holding Him and continually. Don't drift. Well, don't, don't be deceived. A lot of deception out there trying to lure you. Hold on to Jesus. So number one, make sure you're going. And if you're not 200% sure, when we begin to sing in just a little bit, you come down right over here. Pastor Todd's going to make sure that you know and you have that assurance because that's the most important thing. Your soul. Amen? You can lose your health, but don't lose your soul. You can lose your money and lose your... Don't lose your soul. But then number two, for those that are, are confident and know you're walking close with Jesus, then, I, then we want to encourage ourselves this morning that we really are going and words can't fully describe the glory of heaven that awaits those that love the Lord. So as we sing, we're just singing about the glory of seeing Jesus and the glory of being in His presence. The glory of seeing our loved ones that have gone on before us. I look forward to that day. Listen, that's going to be for eternity. This world here is just a, just a smidgen compared. So we're going to endure it because we're going home. We're going to fight the good fight of faith because we know. And oh, it'll be worth it all on that day. When you see Jesus and those love, folks. And then lastly, if you need special prayer, after you shouted about heaven a little bit and blessed yourself, then come on down and we'll believe God to heal you. Let's stand and pray. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for heaven. We thank you, Lord. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. We thank You, Lord. We thank You, Lord, that You keep us from falling. You hold us in the palm of Your hand. We thank You, Lord, that though we, we, we might not be perfect, but if we keep looking and clinging to You, You're going to bring us through. You're going to bring us through. Jesus, You are the way. And we love You. We put our trust in You. Heavenly Father, I thank You for the assurance that we have of heaven, the real, literal, eternal place. And I thank You, Lord Jesus, that You are fully trustworthy and we can depend on You. We can depend on You to bring us there. We can depend on You to walk with us every step of the way until we get there. Thank You, Lord, that we can put our trust in You that regardless of what happens, You'll be there for us the one we can lean on and trust in and hold on to. And even if we get tired and weary, you promise to carry us. You promise to lift us up on those wings like eagles as we wait on you. Now, Lord, help us to encourage ourselves as we sing about the glories of eternity. Oh, as we sing about the wonder of the heaven that awaits and the greatness of the Savior that made it all possible. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we lift you up and rejoice in salvation, move powerfully at this altar. Touch your people in a mighty way. Oh, God, refresh them, heal them. Do something fresh within every heart. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, let's worship the Lord. If you're not sure, come and get it sure. Get it right. Make it right. In Jesus' name.